Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we're talking Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, second of the Ant-Man movies, and no, it's just second. No, it's the third time we see Ant-Man, uh, but it's second of the Ant-Man movies. So, I guess first thoughts That's how we'll kick it off. Um, wasn't as great as the first one. It's still it's still fun. I mean, you still get the chemistry with all the main characters coming back. You get some really awesome action sequences utilizing, you know, all the technology. But in terms of bringing in Ghost and and everything else going on, it uh I don't know. There are certain things with this one that just didn't hit. Um granted the mid-credit scene is probably one of the best setups ever (laughs) Uh, i'll give it credit for that because it's definitely an emotional one too it's just like oh man i just remember the feeling it gave me seeing it in theaters like yeah it's real yeah (laughs) yeah all right alisa how about you um Watching them back to back, I felt like it was kind of on par with the first one, but they're both like we discussed uh, in our last episode. They're both like those comfort type movies where it is pleasant. The stakes are not too low, but they're also not super high. And we're hanging out with people that we like for two hours, watching them do fun stuff that is ridiculous. Um, And I always, I also thought whenever I was watching uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp this time about how this came out before the pandemic and all the stuff that Scott is doing under house arrest felt very relatable during the quarantine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Side note, if you've never seen the movie House Arrest, go watch it because it's a treat. I'll have to add it to the list. I have never heard of it. Oh my goodness. Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it's basically the kids get tired of their parents and they put them under house arrest. <laughs> Walk them in the basement. Basement. I think it's a nine. 
Sorry, we're drifting off. But yeah, when you say house arrest, that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> I think it's a 90s movie. Oh, well, then I'm definitely going to love it. 1996. <laughs> oh. Yeah. The best year for film. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin <clears throat> Pollock, Jennifer Tilly. All right. Yeah. It's been solid. added. Great cast. 100%. Uh, <laughs> I guess my first thoughts for this are... I will agree that maybe it's not quite as good as the first one, but it's definitely close. Um, I think the characters are fun. I think the situations in this one are more fun for me. The first one is very much that like torch passing bonding movie. Whereas this one is a lot more like, look all the goofy things that we could get into with somebody that can shrink and grow. Um, I mean this, the like Scott in school, part of the movie is probably my one of my favorite marvel moments i just it's so funny um and then i think that this movie you know the first one we get all these cool like shrinking effects and shrinking moments but they really stepped it up in the second one and they had to do so much crazy work even just for that school scene you know Mm -hmm. they they would make they made two backpacks when she hands him the backpack. They made a regular sized backpack for her to hold and hand down, and they made him a giant backpack to pick up. <laughs> and then there's a CG swap when she's handing it to him that you can, if you look really hard and slow it down, you can see. But if you don't, if you're just watching the movie, you would never know. Uh, and then same with his uh, when he's going down the stairs to like get to the van. Mm-hmm. Those are normal stairs. And then they made him giant stairs and filmed it on a blue screen and then put it in there. And he totally sells it by doing his little like one step at a time. And then he like trips a little at the end. You would never you like watching that. You're just like, how did they do this? Did they like CG his Mm. face on a kid or something? No, that was all him. Mm. It's it's crazy. It's insane to think about the amount of work that went into just this dumb joke that like he's half shrunk like. Uh, but it's and I wonder so how good. much of that was debate between let's just CGI all this stuff versus could he have been like, no, 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 mm. let's actually build it a set so I can pull this off. I think we're yeah, getting but... to a, a point now where people realize like there's there's just something magical about practical effects yeah. and like yes. even yes. even practical mixed with CG is fine, but like full CG just is never going to look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And forced perspective is one of those that is like they've been using it since the earliest days of movie making, but it still holds up. Mm-hmm. Like it's so mm-hmm. effective. Uh, yeah, I love it. And sorry, on uh, whenever Scott's a little kid, one of my most favorite parts in the movie, and maybe one of the funniest parts in any like uh, MCU film, is <laughs> whenever he gets into the car and uh, Hank asks him if he wants the string cheese in a juice box. He's <laughs> like, "Wait, do you actually have that?" <laughs> <laughs> How was your day, champ? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like, his body shifting through, like, all of these, like, it probably is taxing on him. And he's probably, yeah, like. Yeah, I'd be hungry, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I have never turned down string cheese in a juice box in my life. I go to, like, my friend's kids' birthday parties. They're like, we have Capri Sun. I'm like, you have Capri Sun? Oh, yeah. Capri Suns are. It, Bring it over here. I mean, here. it takes two seconds to drink as an adult, but it's still fun. <laughs> delicious oh man um we also get one of my favorite marvel side characters jimmy woo he's here he's doing stuff he's working for the 
the man. Uh, Working for the man. <laughs> this is pre his uh, station outside of wh- what's it called? Wakeville. Yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, this is before he gets stations to deal with Wanda. Um, mm-hmm. But he's still working for the government and he is checking in on Scott, just making sure he's not doing anything bad and also getting his mind blown by some very <laughs> simple card tricks. <laughs> I know we have said this before, but it's worth saying again, where is the Jimmy Woo TV show? Yes. It's like Wellington Paranormal, yes. but it's Jimmy Woo oh investigating my... MCU things. Thank you. I would watch I would watch I would want to watch that every single day. Randall Park is an amazing actor. I want him to get more stuff. Seriously, like underutilized. Like, why is mm-hmm. he not in more stuff? Could you imagine like some sort of Marvel version of X Files, but it's Randall? Yes. Yes, I want that. I want that so bad. But like him, oh. even if they like partnered him, if they were like, well, we have to have a superhero, fine. Partner him with like Jessica Jones or like some sort of maybe like he's the comedy and someone else is like the straightforward or straight man or whatever. Like do that's fine. Just- I really liked the, the ones who suggested a Darcy because he and Darcy in uh, WandaVision played off each other very, very well. So, yeah, if they teamed up with her, you know, physics, science brain and his being Randall Park uh, to solve all these mysteries, that would be A+. Plus. Yeah, even even like let's get a couple more people and just make like a Marvel Scooby-Doo. Like, yes, with a dog. Yeah, Cosmo. <laughs> Bring him right, yeah. right on in oh. there. <laughs> Also, uh, since we're s- still on Randall Park, uh, the last moment we have with him and Scott is complete improv. <laughs> it's, and it's like the best thing ever. That I did not know that. Uh, yeah. So that whenever uh, whenever Jimmy's leaving and he says, I'll be seeing you again. And then Scott replies, where? That wasn't scripted. <laughs> like everything after that, it's, it's all improv. <laughs> Oh. Hey, a final plug for Randall Park. If you haven't watched Always Be My Maybe on Netflix, what are you doing with your life? Yes, and did you know? Looks like that I got Friday Night Plans now. Two, yeah, the two, the two songs from that that his band performs yeah. are mm-hmm. are literally in my top ten songs for the past two years on Spotify. Because <laughs> they're so good. They are so good, and I am so upset that there's only the two. I'm always like, why didn't they just cut a record deal they could have made a whole album i listen to that all the time oh it's so good um anyway randall anyway we love you come be on our podcast so that'd be much. great uh that would be amazing but we do need to get back to ant-man so fine whenever you have your own series we'll do a special um but in ant-man and the wasp we get a couple movie references. I know we kind of talked about some movie references we got in the first one. Um, and in this one, we get a lot of big Lebowski going on uh, when he's out and about in his robe. <laughs> um, and we also get a Jurassic Park reference, which is funny because in the first one, um, man, what did we say last week? It's only been like 15 minutes for us in real time. 
but it was last <laughs> week, and I I can't remember what I said about Jurassic Park in the first one. But in this, we get oh. two. Oh, do you remember? No, I thought I did, oh, and then okay. I didn't. <laughs> we get two Jurassic Park references in this movie. Uh, one with the pigeon when its eye pops up aso- alongside the car. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a little bit terrifying for us because at the time we don't realize what's happening. Um, and then the second one is we get a clever girl uh, probably like three quarters of the way through the movie, which is always just a funny line for anyone to say outside of it being a Jurassic Park reference. So if it's not, I'm making it. It's a Jurassic Park reference. Uh, <laughs> we also get a Baba Yaga, uh, a lot of Baba Yaga, I think two or three. Um <laughs> And John Wick has ruined the story of Baba Yaga for me for the rest of my life because that's all I that, think now. <laughs> that was my that was my big thing when I rewatched um so I rewatched A Man of the Lost like around like before Christmas. And every time that was referenced, I was like, I just gotta go watch John Wick. Yes, now. yes. Every time he said Baba Yaga and then since he's like Russian too, I was just like, Oh, John Wick? He's he's worried John Wick is coming. Ghost is John Wick. Oh. <laughs> a crazy crossover. Yeah. And another another actor who has I feel like he's getting a lot of roles in the last few years, uh, but is always great in everything he does. I think his last name is pronounced Desmulshin. Is that it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. So. yeah. But he was great. He was in uh, the Suicide Squad. He's so hilarious in these two movies. Yeah, just we like you, David <laughs> Desmulshin. <laughs> Basically, like everybody, everybody in this movie is all very talented. And I can't wait to see them again in more Marvel stuff. I really hope in Quantumania we get to see like Scott's security team. Like if they don't show up, what are we doing? If we don't get Louise like explaining something at some point. I saw, was it the screen rant guy maybe? Some other like Marvel enthusiast was talking and they said that they wish at the beginning of every movie, Luis explained the previous movie. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I, that would be so great. Like, <laughs> They missed the boat the biggest whenever they didn't have Luis recap everything up to Endgame. Yes. We should have done that. Yes. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that would be something special. I think what I'm pulling for in Quantum Mania is we do get him explaining something, but we'd never see who he's ex- like who he's ta- actually talking to, <laughs> and that that's like the big reveal of like maybe some new character. I like it, or mm-hmm. or because we kind of you know my theory is that maybe Kang shows up and he's not immediately the bad guy. Um, hmm. Maybe it's Kang. Maybe. Maybe he's maybe. Like talking to some other because Kang is the Time Lord, right? So like, maybe it's like some future version of Kang that comes back disguised to find out how Ant Man defeated him, and Luis is telling him, and so it's kind of a joke, but also kind of like, oh dang it, now he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I would want it to be uh, Loki, and then at the end he's like, I know who Kang is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or it could be bringing Miss Marvel into like the movies. Oh yeah, yeah. I I want to know if, if we'll see her again before the next movie, uh, Captain Marvel two or whatever. 
Possibly. So we'll see. But that would be great. Especially if they brought in somebody like new that we could, I don't know, see further some storyline that we're wondering about. Like Contessa, right? I I know yeah. I talked about it last time, but I just recently rewatched uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And when she's in that, I was like, I want to, I want the story to like progress. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. she just keeps showing up and she's super creepy, but we already know what movie she's leading up to, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're not doing enough to further that story along. So now it's just kind of like she has some of these people and eventually we'll get a movie where they do something. But like, I don't know her in game yet. And I think that, you know, we don't need to know her end game, but if we could know like what she's working towards. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, this movie pokes fun at the Avengers um, when they're all hiding in plain sight in their baseball caps and their sunglasses uh, when <laughs> they're trying to decide how to disguise themselves. And Hank says, here's a baseball cap with glasses. And he says, that's just us at a ball game. Um, <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, mostly because it's, it's absolutely ludicrous that the Avengers are able to seamlessly blend into a crowd with normal clothes and baseball hats on. Like no one would be like, well, wait a second. That's captain America. He just has a baseball hat on. Yeah. <laughs> Famous I mean, people do try to do that sometimes, though. It usually doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Because you got, like, Thor, who just honestly doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would rather everyone know he's Thor. Really, the the only... I would say the only two that, that would be fine would be Ant-Man and, like, Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? Although Scott... I mean, now we know he has a he has a podcast and he has an autobiography. Yeah. I think he's a little bit more on the like enjoying the fame side because we do see him a lot <laughs> in his suit with his mask off, whereas right. Spider Man is very rarely in his suit with his mask off, unless mm-hmm. he's either been beaten up or he's with his <laughs> he's two with, friends. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> or now he has no friends. Right, nobody knows who he is. So no. That's a tale for a different time. Uh, (laughs) There's a weird reference. There's actually a couple. Um, One is a big one because I remember reading Civil War. And when the movie came out, I kept waiting for a couple pivotal moments to happen, but they couldn't because they didn't have the rights to some of the stuff. Um, But in the original Civil War, there's a moment where a Thor robot kills Goliath and it's part of the, it's part of like the event that kicks off the civil war. Cause Goliath is the first death uh, mm. that has come from this, but it's, it's a Thor robot that was built by Mr. Fantastic. So there's no way for them to work around that. Also, you know, it's too advanced for them to already have a Thor robot in the MCU. So yeah. they, they didn't do any of that. Um, but we also didn't have Goliath yet. And now we know why, because Goliath is older. Um, Mm -hmm. he never really, we don't see him get to be Goliath. We don't see any reference to his suit. The only thing we get reference to is in this and in one of the Iron Man movies, um, Mm -hmm. Iron Man, Iron Man two. Yeah. 
he mentions pulling the file on Project Goliath. Um, yeah. So we get that Lawrence Fishburne is uh, Goliath in this movie, and he used to work with Hank, and they had a falling out, and now he's trying to save Ava, who's Ghost, and Ava's father is... Oh, man. I can't read my own writing. Uh, is it Dr. Star? Yes. Alex? Eli. Eli. Eli? Eli? Um, anyway, in the comics, he is an Ant-Man villain called Egghead. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we get a surprise Ant-Man villain cameo. But it's it's cool because it goes back to this, like, the fact that Hank Pym is like legacy Ant-Man. So mm-hmm. Ant-Man villains would also all be old now. Yeah. Because he's at the end of his career. So they're probably nearing the end of their careers as well. So we have this like reference to, hey, here's this Ant-Man villain in the comics. But now he's older and he does die. So we don't see him again. But it is just sort of this like callback to the fact that Oh, Ant-Man is, it's legacy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. He's like a legacy hero. He's no longer taking the mantle of Ant-Man. That's now Scott's job. So all of these people that he used to work with and people that he used to fight against. Now they're all aging out as well. So it's a cool little nod to the comics. Um, 
obviously in the comics he does have an egg-shaped head uh and that is a little tacky so they just went with making him bald uh which probably a good choice although now you know we've said it before now they're really diving into this let's make everything look comic accurate uh so i that would have been real funny to see a guy with an egg head and and never mentioned who he was you know uh i think they say his name like once or twice maybe so unless you either look it up or are a huge ant-man fan you probably wouldn't have even realized so if they made his his head egg-shaped you would have been like that's gotta be somebody nobody looks like that uh so that's when you pull out the uh the leo dicaprio image (laughs) (laughs) pointing at the screen yeah yeah oh man um that's the the big references that I had for this movie. Um, the CGI, I think, is for me like the big the big winner for this movie. Um, just the stuff they were able to do with it, where they they used it in the right places at the right times. Um, they also do a great job with Ghost, like her effect sort of as she's like walking around is that she's Mm -hmm. on multiple planes at the same time so you see all these like ghost images of her Uh, it's Mm -hmm. how she's able to like phase through stuff I saw an interesting thing that was saying there's a part where she walks through a door and you see one of her ghost phases like shoves the door open Hmm. Um, but the door obviously doesn't open so it's kind of like maybe she's in different universes and this could pull in this like multiverse. I mean, I know it's, it's already confusing enough, right? We have time travel, we have multiverse, we have quantum realm, which is really just another universe, but it's really tiny. It's none of it makes sense, but it's fake. That's why it doesn't make sense. Um, but this could potentially be some sort of like, she is, in all of these different universes at the same time. Yeah. Walking towards the same goal. Um, I think it's an interesting theory. I think it, it would be cool for them to flesh some of this out on like how the universe works and how the multiverse works. And maybe we will get that with fantastic four. Um, since that's a little bit more, you know, Reed Richards is a lot more science heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that when we get fantastic four, maybe it is a little bit more like world building science explaining, or at least, you know, comic book science explaining, because we talked about last week, the inconsistencies with how the Ant-Man suit works and mass and, you know, you can throw somebody as Ant-Man but you can also carry around a tank on a keychain. Like, doesn't the mass doesn't make sense uh, with Ant Man stuff? So, it's also possible that we will never get anything explained with with the multiverse <laughs> or or quantum realm. And it's just all it's very convenient. It's what we need it to be when we need it to be. So, that's possible. But hopefully, with Kang, I mean, stuff is going to have to start getting answered. It's interesting that Kang is in the quantum realm when Kang is really the time conqueror. 
So it pulls into this weird, like, is the multiverse, what does the multiverse have to do with time? Are we going to get TVA showing up in this at all? Are they even a thing anymore? After, I mean, Loki kind of jacked that up. So, I don't Yeah, you know. Are we going to get Loki? Is is he going to show up? And see, now I want to rewatch Loki before next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, even if you look at some new Quantumania trailers, it does kind of lead that like Kane may be stuck there. Like he's been trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Maybe something to do with time. Quantum time space. Who knows? They'll come up with something like <laughs> trapped him there. I mean, maybe, and maybe that's what the maybe that's what the quantum realm is. The quantum realm doesn't exist other than to capture Kang, mm-hmm. because that was its whole purpose, right? Because he's so powerful, like he literally just in the comics. I'm trying to remember what comic I just read where Kang was a villain in it. Maybe Dark Avengers or Savage Avengers, I think. Um, yeah, Savage Avengers because it's it's Kang. Co- Conan's a Marvel property. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. But um, Conan teams up with Wolverine and Punisher to fight this wizard. And then Kang shows up to help them. And then there's this whole thing where like Conan goes to Kang's like fortress where he keeps all of his collectibles and Conan sees his sword. Hmm. So it's supposed to be like, oh, because Kang kills Conan eventually. Uh, and then he kills Kang, but then you go into the future and Kang is there and he's actually gone into the past and he's killed Conan in the past. But then in the past, Conan was actually really old because he's from the future and he fights Kang in the future. Kang, Kang makes no sense. So I could see maybe it being like a Kang is just too powerful. So we put him in this prison and he maybe convinces Scott to help him break out of the prison like he was put there by some bad people and he turns Scott against the TVA or turns Scott against somebody and tricks Scott into helping him get out. I don't know. I just can't, I can't, I cannot accept that Kang will be the bad guy for this movie. And that's it. That it has, there has to be more, especially starting off a new phase with such a big villain. And since one of the future Avengers movies is called like the Kang Dynasty or something mm-hmm. like that, yeah, yeah. So like, sh- there's no way that it. Yeah, I've this whole different subject. I've seen some interesting fan theories about what this one will actually be. Blah blah blah. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um. So apparently, this was like a fan theory that they just verified but in ant-man and the wasp whenever hank is getting janet out of the quantum realm there is a moment where if you look behind them i think you can see the city like the i guess the city that we're going to see in quantum mania did either of you notice that yes um i didn't realize that that's what that it was though i thought it was just like ooh, quantum realm is so layered that there's all this stuff and like we're supposed to believe that you know she's at the bottom of the quantum realm there's life there i mean she you know she takes one of her wings and turns it into like a spear so clearly she's like defending herself from stuff and she's surviving in this 
you know, wasteland. So it would lead to believe that something else is there. Either other people have been there or other beings mm-hmm. have been there. So I'm interested to see if, you know, is the city populated or is it just yeah, Kang? I mean, like it's, it's just Kang's fortress? Right. Well, it's, and it's like, how many cities are there now? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know, like what all, what's the, the extent of it? Um, or is it just like one, you know, fortress type area that's potentially populated? Right. Maybe it's Kang sending his goons out to try to get the wasp and. Right. She teams with Bill Murray and. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot he's in it. He's in it somewhere. He's in it, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's all so confusing. And it, it probably won't get any less confusing when the movie comes out. Uh, but we can hope. Um, uh, another funny thing that I want to talk about really quick is uh, the detail that they put into Hank's mobile lab in the movie um we know that he can shrink it down and it has a suitcase thing and he pulls it around with him but when we're inside the lab we see that it is a powered by a giant duracell battery um (laughs) so it's that's interesting because remember he talks about how he hasn't figured out how to make things big uh and then that's in the first movie i guess and then scott figures Mm -hmm. out how to make himself big and seeing the giant Duracell battery and the giant, there's a giant paper clip. There's a giant like mm-hmm. dial. Um, a lot of the walls are actually like an off brand Lego. If you look at them. So it, it, it seems like most of this lab is cobbled together with tiny things that have been blown up, you know, mm-hmm. 30 million times their size, these giant things. Um, so I want to know, like, did he figure out how to, blow stuff up or is the entire lab actually tiny and he built the lab tiny and then he just made it big. Like that still doesn't make sense because if he didn't know how to make stuff (laughs) bigger, how did he make it bigger? So it's just, it's another one of those weird inconsistencies, but it's just really fun to see all the like little bits and pieces that he used to cobble together this lab that's supposed to be like, oh, that's funny. There's a little, yeah, there's a little thing that's now big. Um, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> well, I'm reading something related to this, and it says the overall goal, according to the production team, is to have fans wondering if they're watching big heroes made small or small sets made big. <laughs> I'm, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm doing the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I. Speaking of which, I love like the little Hot Wheels storage case. Yeah. Yeah, with the cars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just that was just a genius moment. Like it's it's really funny. It's really well done. The same with when they blow up the uh the Pez. The Pez, yeah. The Hello Kitty Pez. Or the with the bike. When they shrink the bike and it like the pitch of the bike goes up to show that it's yeah. tiny now. I was like, that's yeah. pretty funny. Um again, makes no sense. Right? You keep your mass when you're tiny. But if you put 13 cars in a little plastic case, you can carry them around. Makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, things like this. I'm going to go off topic for a second, but it's like you get moments like this and then you get like fights that you get in Man of Steel. Like, why cannot they not make a good Dragon Ball Z movie? 
because this is like Capsule Corp. And if you can do Superman fighting Zod and make it look so awesome, like you can pull together a good. Yeah. You you know what's yeah. a good Dragon Ball movie? Have you ever watched the like Chinese made Dragon Ball movie? I don't even think it was called Dragon Ball. Uh, oh, was it like the fan movie? No, it's old. I mean, old in the in Dragon Ball terms. Um, but it was real life. Yeah, and it's like it is amazing. It's called Dragon Ball: mm-hmm. The Magic Begins. You can watch it for free on YouTube, I believe. Um, oh wow! Hm. And it is you watch that movie, and then go watch the whatever that Dragon Ball mm-hmm. awful movie that they made um, in Snap. like the early thousands. Oh yeah. It's now streaming on HBO Max. Hey, yo, look, watch those back to back and tell me that that old movie is not millions of years ahead of what the new movie is. Yeah. It'll blow your mind. All right. Um, and it's actually, it follows the Dragon Ball story, which, and we're not a Dragon Ball podcast, but, (laughs) um, I, I will say really quick, because just because we're on the topic and I don't know why we would ever get back on this topic. But when that movie came out, I was in high school and I was the mascot for our school. We were the Panthers. And so I had this, you know, golden fur mascot costume that they just let me keep in my car. And when we went to see Dragon Ball on opening night, I wore the suit to the movie so that I could go and be like, yeah, I'm a I'm a Saiyan monkey. <laughs> the Super Saiyan monkey. And oh, uh, about a quarter into the movie, I regretted it. I was like, this movie is <laughs> awful. And now people think that I'm a huge fan and I'm here to see this movie and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, Ant-Man. Um, <laughs> uh, again, Ant-Man 2. Great movie. We get to see stuff get tiny we get to see stuff get big we get to see randall park get amazed by magic tricks um we get to see actually Lang is pretty good at magic some of the tricks are pretty well done uh he does the the funny trick at the end where he makes the suit giant but he's not in it uh and then we hear jimmy go <gasps> magic um <laughs> Good stuff. I, how did he do that? <laughs> Seriously, like it's great. It's great. Yeah. I I can't wait. I hope that you know the trailers for Quantum Mania make it seem a little bit more serious. I hope that it keeps some of the like comedy that we've gotten with these other Ant Man movies, and it doesn't get too serious. Um, yeah, like how quick. Are they actually, you know, like, I'm curious how quick we're going to get to the quantum realm. Right. You know, it feels like, is the first act going to just feel rushed? Are we just going to, you know, we're all here with the family and they're tinkering around and then boom, like. Right. Not in Kansas anymore. Like, let's see what's happening. Yeah. I I feel like they're just going <clears> to, <throat> they're just going to get right into it. I feel like they don't have time to not Probably. get right into it. So. Do we know the runtime on this yet? Mm, I haven't Can seen check. it. Let's see. 
Maybe I can find it somewhere. Two hours and five minutes. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they're probably not gonna play around. Yeah, I mean, I I hope they don't. I hope that they get they get into it pretty quick because, you know, we're getting to the point now where the series are more the things that they can kind of like play around with and drag out a little bit more. But the movies, it's like no, you got to get to the point, do the thing. Show us the movie. Get us ready for the next movie. If you can't do all that and you drag it all out and then you have this rushed ending, it just doesn't hit as well as, you know, the series, you can kind of give them a little bit of a break when they get to the end and they rush the last two episodes. You're like, weird. You had all this time, but also, okay, you you know, you spend a lot of time doing backstory or setup mm-hmm. or whatever. But in the movies, it's like, yeah, you don't have time to do that. You need to... Get the ball rolling, especially when you're trying to set up a new phase, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're we're clearly working towards something. Um, Hopefully, they're using Kang as sort of like the next Thanos, and it's going to, like, build and build and build, and it's going to be like we're going to get another endgame as the the finale for this phase. Um, It's weird that they don't do that for all the phases. I don't know why they wouldn't, you know, introduce a new big bad the beginning of a phase and work us to the next big bad. Yeah. But you know, it happens. Uh, so (laughs) join us next week. Uh, we'll be, I guess next week from this will be quantum mania. So hope you're ready. New Marvel. Yeah. New (laughs) new stuff. Finally. We're so ready. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, join us for Quantumania, and hopefully we will be able to answer one, if not maybe two, of the questions that we have posed um, with what what is going on in the in the Marvel universe. Um, question for this week: My question would be, do you think Kang is going to be a good guy? Or at least Fane being a good guy for a little while? Or do you think Kang is going to be bad from the get-go and he's just going to be bad the whole time? They're going to be fighting him the whole phase. I personally think that it would be better storytelling if he was not bad the whole time. And if maybe he, again, I guess he's bad the whole time. But if he tricked them into believing that he was good and working with them... um, because eventually we're going to have to do Civil War 2. So they're going to have to set some sort of seeds of doubt between each other. Mm. If they want to do Civil War 2 before too many of these bigger heroes age out of the roles. And and they, I mean, they can't replace them, right? Like, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get a mutant. I don't know. We'll let, we'll, we'll let the Marvel gods decide. So uh, on that note, I guess we'll see you all next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.